Just a reminder, you guys, you have the lyrics in that email from Tim. If you want to sing along, you can bring up that email. Lord, I come. I 
I just want to thank you again for bringing us here today, bringing us together in this space, in the beautiful sun, with nature all around us, and we're just so thankful to have the opportunity to worship you in this way. We ask that you be present with us today and help your words to bless our hearts and take that with us into the week. Give us ears to listen to everything that Tim and everybody has to say. In your name we pray. Amen. everybody. Good to see you. It has been a weird couple of months. Um, I guess that goes without saying a little bit. Um, but it's so good to be able to be together. Now, we've talked a lot uh, over this time about how while this is so important that we gather together, 
that the church doesn't kind of rise and fall on whether or not we can be together in person. In fact, that, you know, the, the hashtag we've been using is community is not canceled. And you guys have shown that in a lot of different ways. And so one of the things we wanted to do this morning, and this is going to be a brief service. I know it's beautiful being out in the sun, but it is also warm. So we're not going to keep you in here too long. Um, but we do want to share a few highlights about how God has been at work in the community, um, even as we've been scattered. So uh, I invited four different people to share real briefly some different things, and I'll just kind of call them up once at a time, or one at a time. And you can just, as you come up, you can just kind of stand here and, uh, and share from this spot here. Um, so just from a couple of different areas in the church, maybe I'll invite Dan to come up first since he's close by here to share a little bit about Highway 712 and some of what's been happening with them, maybe just a highlight um, as we've been gone. Yes, yeah, so I, I just spoke a little bit a couple weeks ago about this, but uh, it's been really interesting to see in Highway 712 how this has changed the way we do things. Um, since since March, we haven't been meeting at all in person, but uh, we've been gathering online a lot in, in different ways, uh, through Instagram Live and through doing uh, FaceTimes and, and Zoom meetings and things like that, and, and just texting and interacting a lot more with our kids and making sure that everybody's okay. And that's been really cool to see how, um, see how our students, our teens, have, have really come together in that way and uh, still making an effort to participate with each other and, and being a part of each other's lives. And, and that's been really special. I think besides what we're doing as an organized group, it's been really exciting to see that students in particular doing things on their own and, and finding ways to, to serve others, to serve each other, rather than just um, sitting at home and, and, and watching a lot of Netflix, which is what I'm tempted to do. Um, it's been cool to see Tim has done these Seeing and Being series on Sunday mornings talking about different things that people have been doing for their communities to serve them. And uh, I, I just have been so impressed by how many of those people have been teenagers and kids um, making masks and uh, doing fundraisers and, uh, and just serving in different ways like that, making meals for Opportunity House. It's been really exciting to see our young people come together in that way to serve each other. And uh, it's been exciting to learn from this, this time, this moment, um, how we can take from this and learn from it in the future, even as we hopefully start coming back together soon. And uh, I've been just really impressed and really blessed by that to, to see that happening. Uh, Dave Hershey and Kid Street. So for Kid Street, yeah, we uh, have been doing stuff online every Sunday morning, uh, right before 10 o'clock. But I'd say the biggest highlight was a couple, at some point we kind of had the idea that with everything seemingly canceled in June, we would throw together a VBS, Vacation Bible School, for those of you if you didn't grow up in church with Vacation Bible School. But we had an extra V in the beginning, I thought it was clever, virtual VBS. And uh, it was one of those things that takes a lot of planning if you're doing it live. But I figured, how hard can it be to throw it together in a couple of weeks on the internet? And uh, we did it, and I think it went fun for the kids that were able to be there. Just to offer something for people, I know one of the things that I was stressing about and still kind of am is with all of the normal summer activities being canceled or just up in the air, what are we going to do with our kids all these um, weeks and months till they hopefully go back to school? So offering a VVBS was one thing that I thought uh, 
history could do to fill in a gap for some of us parents. And uh, I think it went well. So that was one. That was probably for me the biggest highlight. And one of the things we're doing with that VVBS is we're sharing that with Safe Berks as part of our campaign. We, we had to do the campaign a little differently this year, as you all know. Um, and so maybe Sarah, if I invited Sarah Brown to share just, again, a, a little bit about kind of what's been going on there as she's been part of planning that and executing it. Hi, everyone. Um, for the Coinhouse campaign, we had to kind of think on our feet and what we we're going to do to change it up so we can still do that. And a huge part of the CoinOS campaign was reaching out to the community and having CoinOS be able to serve the community in a way. So um, I worked with a group of people to come up with some ideas on what we could do for that. And it was great to see the generosity of not only our community, but the community at large, and how they were all, to, all able to contribute not only money, but tangible items for Safe Berks. So I think it was really fun to see how not only were we able to reach out to people, more people in our community, but able to reach out to the wider community. And we were able to reach out to people who are even our family members. I know my family out of state even donated, was able to do donate items. So it was really great to see CoinOS be able to have that outreach, even in the midst of such a time where you feel like you can't, you can't be close to people. So it's great to, um, so anyone who did contribute, thank you so much. We appreciate all of your donations. It was a wonderful campaign. And then finally, uh, if you were part of a community group, you know this. If you're not, uh, you might not. But all of our community groups continue to meet in some fashion. Um, and so I asked Jess Chrisman if she'd share just briefly a highlight from her group. Um, but these are our small groups that gather to look at scripture, uh, sometimes read even a book together, and uh, talk about what it means to follow Jesus together. And so these groups try to get creative, figure out how do we continue to meet over this time. Hi, um, our group, so we kept our same schedule. We, we meet like every other Sunday, usually five to seven. So we kept that same schedule because we felt like it was important for our group for continuity. And we did the Zoom thing. So most of the time we, you know, talked for a while, just kind of caught up about what was going on in our lives, shared what was happening, how we were feeling with what was going on. Uh, and then we looked at scripture for a little bit. And that was the focus of the scripture, we kind of had a shorter scripture discussion than we normally would, but we just tried to talk about like how it you know, applied to what we were currently going through with the pandemic. Uh, and then we, all, we do prayer requests as well. So really for us, the community group, um, the time that we gathered together virtually was just, um, it was good, just good habit, you know, good habit like to get together at the same time and to connect with people that we've had relationships with for years now in most cases. Um, and just to talk about how we're experiencing the pandemic, what we're struggling with, um, what's going on with that for us, you know, in terms of work and home life and the changes um, that, that we've experienced. So it, it was just a, a helpful kind of, I guess, um, kind of the rock for us, like in terms of, you know, providing that continuity, a sense of normalcy um, in a very, you know, changing, under changing circumstances. So I think that was the biggest highlight. And just talking about, you know, what's going on in our lives, like, um, one of our community group members had a significant health issue, so we were able to kind of rally around her and provide meals, gift cards, and things like that um, for her during her during that time of need. So just kind of continue with what we normally do as best we can. Thanks, guys. Um, 
Again, this is probably not a surprise to you. I mean, many of you probably have been following this. You know, we've tried to post about these things, uh, but there's just been a ton that has been going on uh, through community groups, through individuals, um, through the church at large during this time, even as we've been scattered, that you guys have continued to be living out the way of Jesus in really meaningful ways. And it's so encouraging to hear. Um, so this morning, we just want to take just a minute to, to reflect a little bit on kind of where we find ourselves and where we're going. So two, or I guess last week, we started with uh, a new series that we're calling Everyone a Reverend. And I'll be honest, in the beginning, I didn't necessarily, whoops, we're going to see if I can hang on to all of this. I didn't necessarily think we were going to just go through the book of 1 Peter, but the more I looked at it, I'm like, no, we're just going to go through 1 Peter. So we started in chapter 2, and now we're backtracking and beginning in chapter 1. But I just want to, this morning, I just want to reflect on the opening two verses of 1 Peter. This is a letter that, that Peter, one of Jesus' closest disciples, all right, this is going to kind of challenge my ability to do multiple things at once. Hold on to the paper and read. Um, one of the closest disciples of Jesus, he sends this letter to a series of churches that are kind of scattered around uh, what we would call Turkey today um, in the Roman Empire. And he starts his letter this way. This letter is from Peter, an apostle of Jesus Christ. I am writing to God's chosen people who are living as foreigners in the provinces of Pontus, Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia, and Bithynia. God the Father knew you and chose you long ago and his spirit was made, has made you holy. As a result, you have obeyed him and have been cleansed by the blood of Jesus Christ. May God give you more and more grace and peace. So what struck me about the beginning of this is that Peter is writing to a group of folks. <laughs> the clips. I didn't know if the clip would work. Is that kind of? There you go. Look at that. Thank you, Sean. Thank you, sir. So... Peter starts out by referring to them as foreigners, or depending on the version you look at, he uses the word exiles, this idea of these people who are kind of scattered. Now, it's not that these people were literally foreigners in the places that they were. I mean, some of them might have been, been, but for the most part, it's because these people who were part of this new Jesus movement, they were so sold out to this different way of life, to seeing Jesus as Lord, not Caesar, that they actually identified themselves as being citizens of a different country. They believed that their loyalty was primarily to Jesus in a way that usurped any other loyalty. In fact, they, they thought this, so, this was so much a part of the way they thought about following Jesus that later, as Paul would, would write letters, he actually referred to them as citizens of, the, of heaven. I'm sorry, in uh, Philippians chapter 3, verse 20, Paul actually says their citizenship is in heaven, that they're primarily citizens of a different kingdom. That's how they thought of themselves. They had a different primary allegiance. Even though they were scattered all over the place, they were the church, but they were scattered. And as I was thinking about what it means for us to be the church, and of course we're not the church as in all of the church, but we are a church, an expression of the church, and yet we're still kind of scattered. What, what does that mean? And it struck me that that's always been true for the church. Uh, like in, in the book of Acts, which is like a history of the early church, one of the first things that happened when we get to Acts chapter 8, after the, the first martyr, a guy named Stephen, is killed, immediately we see that the church is scattered everywhere. We read this in Acts chapter 8, verse 1. 
on that day a great persecution broke out against the church in Jerusalem, and, except, and all except the apostles were scattered throughout Judea and Samaria. So the church is scattered right away, almost immediately. And it's just, I mean, this isn't like years later. This is just a few short months after Jesus' ascension. They're scattered all over the known world. But what's interesting is that the church didn't receive this as like some kind of horrible thing. I mean, I'm sure it was difficult. I'm sure they, they didn't prefer it. But they actually received this as something that was actually, God was up to something. With all the tragedy and the hardship of it, they trusted that God was working. We, we see in, in Acts 8, chapter 4, that those were, who were being scattered preached the word wherever they went. That wherever they were scattered to, they still identified primarily as citizens of the kingdom of heaven. So no matter where they went, they were representatives of Jesus in how they acted and in what they said. They were still the church, even though they were scattered. And so, of course, you know, as we think about what it means to be the church in this kind of new time and space, even as we begin to regather, I think it's helpful and important for us to remember that the church is not primarily about our ability to do this, even though we miss each other and this is wonderful, we're glad that we can regather, but it's about our ability to continue to remind ourselves that our citizenship is primarily in the kingdom of heaven, that, that for those of us who say Jesus is Lord, whether we gather or scattered, we live as though Jesus is Lord, and we are representatives of Jesus in the world. And that when we do gather, the point of gathering is not simply to to come to some place where everybody agrees with me or sees the world the way that I do. Yeah, we, we hope for encouragement. We hope that we can learn some things. But really what we hope is that we are formed in a particular way, that as we gather, we become the kind of people who can move out, who can be scattered so that we represent Jesus in the world, wherever we are, where we can live as new citizens. It made me think of, uh, as I was thinking about this dynamic, this gathering and scattering, gathering and scattering, it made me think of a Hoberman sphere. I don't, you, even, if you, even if you don't know what a Hoberman sphere is by name, which I, I'll admit I had to Google ball that stretches out and then comes back together, right? Um, but that's what this is. You've probably seen these. And, and as I was thinking about this idea, this kind of rhythm of gathering and scattering, coming together and moving out, I obviously, like, my mind went back to this. You probably, if you've, if you've seen this, you've probably seen it in, like, third grade science class, right? The teacher brought it out to, to show you something, and you have no idea what that person said, but you remember this, right? You remember this thing. And, but it, it, I think it's this kind of great visual of the rhythm of gathering and scattering, right? That the church, that, that we come together as an opportunity to encourage one another to learn together, to, to even challenge each other, to hopefully be formed in some significant way in the way of Jesus, and then we move out. And then we do it again and again, and it's a rhythm of life. But you notice in the Hoberman sphere, there's, there's connective tissue, right? It's never, you're never quite kind of separate from each other. You're always connected. And I think for us, that connective tissue, and, and I know this sounds cheesy, but I think it's true, that connective tissue is, is love, right? When Jesus gives his final sermon to his disciples, to his closest followers, before he gets ready to be crucified, he says in John 13, now I am giving you a new commandment. Love each other. Just as I have loved you, you should love each other. 
Your love for one another will prove to the world that you are my disciples. So the way that the world recognizes our, our foreignness, our different citizenship, is not by necessarily our ability to articulate some really great theological idea. It's about our, our ability to live out Jesus' self-giving love with each other. That the way the world will know we're Jesus' disciples is by our ability to love one another in this self-giving, sacrificial way. Paul, in his, one of his letters uh, later in Colossians chapter 3, says this to this church in Coloss. He says, Above all, clothe yourselves with love, which binds us all together in perfect harmony. And let the peace that comes from Christ rule in your hearts, for as members of one body you are called to live in peace. The thing that binds us together in perfect harmony is this self-giving love of Christ that we practice with each other. 